Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, could be Wayne. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. I love it, baby. Them orange britches. Something about them orange britches. Ball hit high in the air in the right field. Going back to Sayre. And Tennessee can say hello win column. A grand slam in the bottom of the ninth. You can't draw it up any better. We just won a basketball game, and we're very happy right now. I made up my mind. I don't expect to ever look back. I'm going to stay at the University of Tennessee. Yeah! Ready to do, do and welcome in to more important issues. Today is Sunday, March 27th. It's weird for me to be in this position. Um, Caleb is not with us tonight, so Joe is going to fill in um, and kind of take over his role also to the producing also. So tough, t- tough job for Joe tonight. He's a, he's a trooper for sure. Guys, get them out. Get them out. They're out. You got one somewhere? I'm looking. I'm like, damn, I need one. I'll just pretend. Yeah, just, just do a little, do a little, little something like that. Some reps in. Yeah, little squats. Man, what a weekend! I hate to say what a weekend in Mississippi because that makes it sound bad. But yeah. it was a great weekend in Mississippi. It was a great weekend for us from Mississippi, but yeah, local maybe not. Yeah. Probably not so much. Yeah, sucks for them. But uh, you hate to see it. Tennessee gets a sweep over number number one Ole Miss um, this weekend in Oxford. Was that place seat like eleven over eleven thousand people? All of them sold out. <laughs> hate to see it. Um, so we got that to talk about real quick. It's probably not going to be a long show, didn't you know? But baseball is kind of the only thing going going on. You got. Um, the Lady Balls finished up their season um, in the Sweet 16. They lost to Louisville, I think that's right. Um, you got Tennessee soccer is starting up. Other than that, I mean, football's in spring practice, which I think you'll see a little bit more from spring practice this year than you did last year because last year was completely new. So, uh, you know, hopefully you're able to see a little bit more. Um, I, I guess you're really not because we're not getting a, a spring game to the public. So, you know, we'll see kind of how that works out. But, yeah, I, I expect big things from this football program. Obviously, Tennessee baseball is the number one team in the country. I don't think anybody is doubting that now. Um, I wasn't doubting it, doubting it before. But, uh, you know, with this spring cleaning that they did in Mississippi, I, I think they kind of solidified themselves as the undisputed best team in the country. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. I think – Ole Miss is a fraud ass number one, um, <laughs> and they looked awful. And yeah, I'm, I'm basically, I mean, Tennessee fans obviously were all on the same page about we are definitely the best team in the country uh, all around. But I think after this weekend, most people on the outside can feel pretty. I mean, I'd like to see your argument against it. That's that's all I'm going to say is that <clears throat> come to me with a really valid argument as to why not, and we can talk. But yeah, I, mean, I think it's the the evidence stands for itself. For sure. Yeah, it is sad that Tennessee, the 
main baseball account at Tennessee had to tell people to stop tagging opposing players. Like that's that's a little much. It's it's one thing that like the legends do it because they're in college. It's one thing for them to do it, but it's another thing for like grown men to like be adding Tim Elko and people like that. It's kind of weird. Anyway, um, we're going to talk about that real quick. Um, guys, please drop in the chat. I'm not very great at holding a conversation for an hour and a half. I'm like Caleb. So, uh, I'll be glad to answer any questions. Joe as well. And, uh, just, Hey, tell you, tell us how you feel about the weekend, who you think is the best team in the country. And, um, maybe just, poke fun at Ole Miss. Yeah, let's do that. Um, I, I did think it was hilarious that they try to start the weekend, you know, kind of poking the bear a little bit, making Lane Kiffin throw out the first pitch, which I get it. Like, that's something that you do in fun. Yeah. But you got to be careful with it because it could light a fire, and I think it did. It did, 1,000%. And then not yeah. only after, you know, Friday's game, then putting out that quote of, you know, oh, well, you know, we were off – it won't happen again tomorrow. And then it happened just, you know, photocopied same thing next day. Like, it's just a bad look. Like you don't, you don't say that that confidently and then not be able to back it up at all. It was heinous. Yeah. It felt like we were watching a little league game. It was, I enjoyed it so much. I was just uh, watching because they're definitely, like I said, not a number one. I mean, some of the losses that almost has had in general uh, would refute that. But after watching that, that was just, it's like batting practice, dude. It really looked like batting practice. It was, especially like <laughs> they're like, yeah, or even D1 baseball. Mike Rooney said that um, and Callum Ball um, was the one that brought this to light on Twitter. On their podcast this week, he said Tennessee plays in Williamsport, which if you're unfamiliar with what Williamsport is, it's the home of the Little League World Series. So, you know, 11, 12 year olds. So they basically said Lindsey Nelson is the equivalent to a Little League Park, which means it's small, and they couldn't hit home runs in Swayze, which is a little bit bigger. Guys, the the midweek game this week, Blake Burke hit a 440-plus home run. 440 feet. I think it was 444 feet. Like, what? That's out anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah, that's clearing literally any professional, like, the, yeah, anywhere like that. But it also showed that, like, we didn't have to hit home runs to win the game. Like, we could still just pile on his and runs. And it, it okay, you want to you push the distance back and put us in a, a non-Little League field? Then that, if that, that weekend showed that we didn't have to, you know, just clobber home runs the whole day to, to score and win. Yeah. I mean, Friday was like, hey, we're happy to do it. And Saturday right. and Sunday was like, but we don't have to. Right. We can still kick your ass without hitting <clears throat> bomb after bomb after bomb. Now, now the five bombs that we hit on Friday, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. The one Luke Lipsius hit, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, beer That's shower fun. that. I don't care if it's an opposing team. That's when you just tip your hat and, and you got to do it. Um, I think without – so, besides today, Ole Miss had scored four runs 
three of them came off the bat of Tim Elko. Without Tim Heck, Tim Elko, those first two games, they scored one run. Yeah. Insane. That's that's yeah. That's one of those stats that you look at and you're like, okay, well, uh, that's not. If you're gonna be consistently like that, that's not a number one team, nor is it even probably a top five team. Yeah, I mean they're they're just so balanced. Like they were talking about it today, Drew Gilbert hit was hitting cleanup. He has one home run on the year. Our leadoff guy, Jared Dickey, has seven. Yeah, I mean it's just top to bottom. This lineup is disgusting. And, and then we we're we're even balanced. You know, we have one of the best offenses in the country, but our pitching rotation is filthy. Yeah. 27 or 22.2 innings pitched, 22 and and two thirds innings pitched um, between the three of our starters, 27 strikeouts, eight hits, one walk, two earned runs. That's it. And two of those guys are true freshmen. Yeah. One's a sophomore. I yeah. mean, we're just lighting, lighting it up, filling it up, not walking anybody. If you're gonna, if you hit one out, hey, congrats. But you know, when you're hitting a solo shot, I mean, it's that's just one run. I mean, Tennessee yeah. isn't allowing base runners. And so you're not able to – I mean, I know they did today. They got that three-run home run, and, and that made – you know, that made Tennessee sweat it a little bit. They had to go – Camden Sewell came out. It was a 3-2 count. They took him out and, br- and brought Redman in to pitch one pitch. Um, he got the strikeout, but it went behind the catcher, and they got on base. But, yeah, I mean, it, it made us sweat a little bit. But, you know, Tennessee isn't around, allowing base runners. They're not giving up anything. Your starting pitching is carrying you into games. You're not having to go into your bullpen in seventh or eighth inning. I mean, that's – and then you're not even at full health. Blade Tidwell got to warm up a little bit, but they decided not to bring him in. Um, and Tony Vitello said today that those – you know, Halverson and Blade, when once they get ready, they will uh, come out of the bullpen. So we'll see what kind of comes about with them. But – uh Tennessee is the best team in the country, and, you know, one of their best pitchers is about to come back. So they're about to get even better. Yeah, we already have a a filthy pitching rotation, and that's only going to be more lethal, obviously, once we're back to full health. So, honestly, once once everything's up and running with, like, full 100%, I don't – I mean, like I said, like, the fact today that that was, like, what you would consider maybe, like – I wouldn't say a slip-up, but, like, you said, like, a close game against the technically number one team in the country, and you still win, like – and the other two games were a different story. Like if, if if what happened today was like your your floor, I'm okay with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, any do we have any questions already? Have you can you see the chat? I don't think so. Okay. Um, do you want to tweet that out? Can we tweet that out? Just like, hey, if you have any questions, drop those in the chat. Let's talk some baseball. That's what I want to talk about. I mean, now we're going to talk about you know kind of per projection stuff with spring practice, but that's about all you can really talk about. So let's talk some baseball. Um, We're also going to have the bat flip tomorrow night with uh, me and Dylan, and hopefully Kay will be in here as well. So, you know, we'll have that going a little bit more in depth with every game. But, um, man, I was super impressed. Going on the road, I mean, a lot of those freshmen, that was kind of their first – that was their first true road experience. You know, you played in the Shriners Classic in in Houston – um, 
but it, it wasn't a true road game. It was a neutral neutral site, but Bay, you played Baylor and Houston and Oklahoma, so that was a lot closer <laughs> to them than it was for Tennessee. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I was super impressed with him. I mean, Chase Burns just started that thing off. 11 strikeouts, just shoving it. And then I feel like he starts it off so well that it just makes Dolander and Beam that much better. They're like, oh right. man, I gotta, I gotta go out there and try to match that. Right. Um, and then when when Blake gets full health, you know what is what does Frank Anderson and Tony Vitello do? Because everything's working right now. So do you do you mess with that? I mean, I think you probably do because I mean, Blade is a guy that that is probably a first round draft pick, and it's a great problem to have. Um, right. Especially once you once you get to the postseason, you know, like you did last year in Hoover, where you're going to play four or five games, you need four legit starters, and, and Tennessee probably has six or seven of those. If you can't, I know Camden and Sewell didn't have a great weekend, but um. You know, he can come in there and start. He proved that he could do it in Hoover. Um, Xander Seacrest is, is pitching really well in the midweek games. You know, I mentioned Drew Beam, Chase Burns, Dolander. Um, you know, I, I guess Beam might go and, and, and pitch some midweek games or even come out of the bullpen. But I don't know. I, I don't know how you mess with it. Yeah, no, I like you said, it's a good problem to have. But I it is one of those things that you, like, tweak a little bit, but you don't want to go the wrong direction necessarily but at the same time i feel like any direction like it's still beneficial at least like it's not like a bad problem but yeah you're right i mean it's it's one of those things that i'm sure on the coaching end they're gonna have to figure out the best way that they want to and it's also gonna depend on the matchups obviously so it's gonna be more of a as we go kind of thing but i don't know we have faith <clears throat> tony b yeah he gets paid the big bucks now to to figure that out so um but i thought drew gilbert had a had a great series um, four RBIs on the weekend, I think five or six hits. Trey Lipscomb had, you know, just keeps piling on the RBIs. He, he's over 40 now. Um, he had six RBIs on the weekend. I think he had five hits on the weekend. And then Seth Stevenson, he was five for nine, didn't play, fr- or I think he got one at bat maybe on Friday night. Um, but yeah, five for nine on the weekend. So, I mean, he just – he, he just gives you a different dynamic on the base pass. When he's able to get on five out of nine times, you know, he's making opposing defense's life hell. With, yeah. with his speed and, and quickness. I mean, like, anytime he's on first base, I like to nudge the person next to him. Next to me, I'm like, he's going. <laughs> I mean, why not? When you run like a – Yeah. I mean, he runs like a six-flat 60. He's – I don't know if it's six flat, but it, it's quick. Um, I mean, that's probably like a what four three forty. Yeah, I mean that's just like nasty. Actually, insane. Yeah. So, um, what do you think about Lane Kiffin throwing out the first pitch? You like it? Did Did um, you like it a lot more after we had swept them? I should ask. Oh, one thousand percent. I think I think that was definitely like a hilarious thing to look back at. I mean. I don't like if it, if it was us in that position. Like I was an Ole Miss fan. Like as as the raunchy, like just the student I am that just like hates. Like I that's something I would totally do. So I'm not 
necessarily like against it, but I love the way it, it played out basically. Cause I'm just, so you're, you're not a big loafer collared shirt guy. <laughs> I, I mean, I hate like everybody else, but honestly, I, I I'm glad that it happened the way it did because they probably won't do it again. They'll probably be a little smarter before next time, but you know what? Ball don't lie. Ball don't lie. Yeah. Baseball or golf ball. Doesn't lie. Doesn't matter. Any ball. Also, I got I nailed that. I think I I think it was probably a week and a half ago now. I got I caught the future for Tennessee College World Series at like plus three thousand. It's at like plus nine hundred now. Yeah, my value's sitting beautiful. So what would you put on it? Uh twenty to win. So I guess now it sits at it, it was six fifty, I think, about something like that, with the plus three thousand or something like that. So you know, I mean, it's not like you know, I should have put like fifty just to be really confident, but I might double down. Nine fifty is still bet. good value. That is, that is so good. We'll, we'll see. Interesting. Well, I'm cheering for Saint, you, man. I had St. Peter's too, but we'll, that's a different story later. But it's okay. Oh, you could have cashed. Okay. I had them like three weeks ago to win national championship, and it was like, yeah. <laughs> I bet like ten bucks to it was win like two thousand, and now what was but, the cash out? It was probably like what a hundred bucks. Yeah, the cash out got like close to a hundred, but I should I should have taken it, but I don't know. You know, I would have been devastated if they ended up even getting like close. Oh yeah, and I, was, I cashed out for a hundred, could have won two grand. I would have been yeah, devastated, yeah. But no, I feel that. Yeah, futures are difficult. I try to do a lot of futures with like the Heisman and like NFL MVP. That shit is ass. Kyler Murray yeah. just sucked. As soon as I put it in, he was just like, yeah, I'm going to suck now. Yeah, he got chonky too. Yeah, he did. He did. He got that COVID weight on him. Yeah. <laughs> that post-COVID weight. How does that even happen? That, that shouldn't happen. <laughs> um, But, yeah, c- can we ban or, – or maybe just like – because when I was – and like my one of my first meetings in college was about like, hey, if you talk to the media, don't say anything disrespectful or in any way, shape, or form could be used as bulletin board material um, for another team. And then, I mean, Ole Miss is reliever. Maybe he just knew he wasn't going to pitch again, and he was just like, I'm just going to let it rip. Yeah. Not a good move. I think they play in a small park. We took them lightly. It won't happen again. We'll win tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you didn't bet on Ole Miss after you did that. It's just, I I mean, there's, it's one thing coming out and, you know, being confident and being like admitting your mistakes and saying, you know, this is like what we did wrong and we hope to you know negate that tomorrow or whatever but being just straight up being like it won't happen again tomorrow we gave up too many runs whatever bad luck bad pr look yeah yeah don't don't talk about the other team especially like if you're going to talk about the other team do it on sunday after the final game in the series um then you can be a little bit disrespectful but say like oh we took them lightly because they play in a small park Good Lord, how stupid do you look? I mean, again, did you not watch? You know, I know you like baseball watches film. Yeah, they do it just like football and basketball. They watch film. Did you not see Blake Burke's freaking four hundred forty-four foot home run just like a couple of days ago? And you're thinking, oh, 
He only hit that because it was a small part. Did you see Drew Gilbert's home run in the in the regional? Yeah. I mean, good God. Trey Lipscomb a couple weeks ago hit one 440 feet. Like, I mean, do yeah, a little like, bit better scouting there. I mean, we can play again, small. Mike Bianca, this is your 22nd year at Ole Miss. Like, it, it, you got to have a better scouting department than that. Yeah. I mean, you can look at, like, the size field we play on, but when you watch the actual home runs themselves, it's it's not like they're right up against the fence. I mean, like, if you, you can still walk. Like, I don't care if it's – 50 feet, they're going to end up in damn Tennessee River if you if we're on that scale. So, I mean, it doesn't yeah. really matter. They're not, they're not close by sword. I mean, Jordan Beck hit the top of Minute Maid Park's roof. He hit one so freaking hard. I mean, it would have landed on in, I don't know, what's south of Houston? Corpus Christi. It would have yeah. landed there. So, I don't know. I'm just like, you look stupid. Yeah, I'm glad. They look dumb. You, you look, look like you're from Mississippi. How about that? So, where do you think they'll end up in the poll? They'll probably move down like three spots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think Ole Miss is a really good baseball team. And I think – this weekend just showed how good Tennessee is. Right. Because, um, I mean, they're they're one of the top offenses in the country, and that's why those – I read off, off those pitching stats. I mean, that that's unheard of. It's unbelievable. Right. To hold them to that, I mean, eight hits in 22 and two-thirds two of the 27 innings. That's disgusting. That shouldn't happen. Tennessee's that good. That's why I think it's pretty pretty undisputable on our end, right? If you want to talk about Ole Miss, where they go, whether or not what they were on top of their game and you know, you can't refute you can't you know, you can't judge the entire season, obviously, or the team's abilities off one one matchup, but or even one weekend slate, but um Oh, it looks like our date does say Sunday. This is live. <laughs> um that is a mix of the future for the weekend. I really hope uh, Tennessee can handle it against Ole Miss this weekend. We'll have to see. It might be a couple nail biters, but um. <laughs> yeah, I project I project them to um, outscore them twenty six to seven in the series. Actually, really okay. Yeah. I might put some bets down on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, just look fantastic. Let's keep running. Yep. Um, any more questions, Keith? You got any questions? You're in the chat, so the floor is yours, my man. <laughs> you called us out, so now I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> um, yeah, Tennessee will play Wednesday. They'll play Western Carolina in Lindsey Nelson at 530 and then head on over to Nashville to uh, play Vanderbilt and have to hear that horrible Vandy whistler the entire time. So I'm glad it sold out. I would like to go. But I'm kind of glad that I don't have to listen to that the whole entire time. Certainly. I'm sure it'll be on the broadcast, though, so I'm pro- I'll probably have to hear it anyway. What's your thoughts on that new uh, Vandy logo? I'm not sure if you guys talked on it the other night. but Oh, yeah, it was one of my fails um, or stupidities. It was terrible, absolutely yeah. terrible. Yeah. I mean, you... I, Caleb brought up a good point. It's not like it looked good anyway. 
No, I mean it was. It's already disgusting, and you got to own it at some point. Like your your problems aren't going to be resolved just by changing logo. They should know that. Um, if anything, I think it's just. I, I don't know. I really don't get it. I think it looks absolutely abysmal. But like, if you're going to do that, at least make it like interesting. I don't, I don't know if they're going for like just a more like original, solid look. But it looks dumb. Well, it looks like they're Vir- Virginia V, but they just made it bold. Yeah. <laughs> like that's and all they did. Like add some flavor to it. it make some outlining and some. Oh, how bad? I feel yeah. like I can probably look it up real quick and get it in here. I mean, I feel like anybody can make a logo look like that. Literally. Like you could yeah, paste that onto a. I mean, give a 10 year old an iPad and he's going to make that about five seconds. Right. Yeah, that'll be a big series this weekend. Um, I think Tennessee will jump everybody in front of them. I think Arkansas won their series. Um, I forget who they played. I know they lost one game in it. Um, Vanderbilt, won, they won one out of three against South Carolina. So, man, that South Carolina sweep looks phenomenal. They go, they go and beat Texas. And then they come in and, and you sweep them and then they go in um or Vanderbilt goes to them and uh and takes two out of three. I didn't yeah. think that South Carolina team was good at all. No. At least they didn't play like it when they came here. But uh you know, they got Texas and Vander Texas and Vanderbilt, that's two really good series wins on their part. So yeah. good for them. But yeah, that first game will be April 1st at 6 o'clock, and they'll play, I think, the SEC Network. So, the Friday night will be on ESPN2. Saturday will be on SEC Network, and then Sunday's on SEC Network+. Plus. Can we get more games on TV? Like, yeah. I walked into a bar yesterday, and there was 18 TVs in that place, and they're all on the Duke game. I was like, hey, can we put this one TV on – Tennessee, they're like, oh, it, it is March Madness. I'm like, okay, Tennessee's out. This is Knoxville. Yeah. Let's put some orange on some of the, I mean, it's just one TV. <laughs> You've got 17 more with the Duke game on. No, uh, even so well, baseball not being like, I, I don't I don't care. It's Tennessee. Like, if you're at a bar, I don't care if it's a damn rugby game that's on some awful SEC Plus stream. I'm cheering. They score. Exactly. I would crazy. I don't exactly. think you need to test it, but I don't know. Exactly. I, I get it, man. They finally changed it, so it was it was okay. all good. But I was just like, come on, guys. Yeah. Like, know the schedule, okay? Know we're on SEC Network. I'm trying yeah, to find the Arkansas schedule real quick to see how they fared. In the meantime, Keith, if you're still in here, this is the awful logo that we're talking about. Yeah, look at that. Oh, my God. I mean, that looks like a Viagra V. It does. Like some off-brand. Target target brand? Yeah, off-brand sex pill. Or Vagisil or something. You know, something. Yep. Yep. Whatever. I'm sure it'll 
really turn their football program around. So Arkansas took two two or three from Missouri. So they lost that Saturday game. But yeah, Texas lost their series at Texas Tech. They were number two. Ole Miss is number one. They got swept. Um, Arkansas lost. Vanderbilt lost the series. Arkansas just lost one game. So, yeah, the way that they handled Ole Miss this weekend, they got to be number one. D1 baseball, step up. Mike Rooney, you need to step up in a big way after that stupid comment about Williamsport. He literally said after that, he was like, Tennessee's baseball field's a joke. I mean, it's like how big of a joke – is it a joke because the amount of home runs we've hit? That might be one thing. But in a game, it benefits both teams. Right, exactly. That's the other thing. It's like, okay, so like like if you're going to say that and then say – like, like okay, you say that before and then say, so I that's why I don't think Ole Miss will be able – or like that's why Tennessee will be able to keep up with Ole Miss because, you know, they've seen – you've played Lindsey Nelson so much that like when it's time to come here, like they won't play well that – you know, go watch those games, see that evidence, and that yeah. that should end any claim that anyone would doubt. That, but yeah, you're right. Like, it doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, if you're going to talk about numbers of home runs being over 60, like, okay, that's fair to say. Well, you know, there's not as much distance to cover, but we, the number of home runs doesn't doesn't win you games. If you're playing the team there, that's a head versus head matchup. You're playing on the same field. Doesn't matter. Yep. Yeah, I mean, definitely ate his words on Friday night. That was awesome to see. Um, Again, Luke Lipsy's home run. My God. Um, who else had a home run? Jared Dickey had two. That's right. And those are like – like he hits home runs like that. Like they're just barely over the fence. But they're over the fence at 330. Like – Yeah. They're home runs pretty much everywhere. So, yeah, I just don't – I don't get it. Hey, we look – people love to hate. And – uh Tennessee's taking it on the chin and, you know, putting their name on a list and, you know, making them pay for their words. I love it. Yeah. I love the action. Also, also Tony Vitello has way more swagger than Lane Kiffin ever thought about having. By astronomical amounts. <laughs> Lane Kiffin's getting to the point where it's, like, just kind of cringy. Like, he doesn't really – he's getting towards the Dabo Sweeney TikTok kind of uh, crowd. Yeah. He's a little too old for it, but – um. Yeah, there's one thing to, like, throw a jab here and there, but to continue to be obsessed with Tennessee the way that he is is kind of exhausting. Yeah. Grow up. You little boy. Yeah, little boy of the week. Like, like we get it. I, I know Like I, I, I know your son's name is Knox, so it's hard to forget about us, but. That was your fault. Yeah. You wish you were Josh Heifel. But he's not you that, left so. us. Yep. Man, Josh, I, well, let's talk about spring practice a little bit. Um, again, I, I think this is a good opportunity for a lot of these, like, incoming freshmen, freshmen, whereas last year you came in, like, everybody was on, like, the same – like, you were just learning as you went. Um, but now I feel like these coaches and players, like, kind of know what's expected um, and kind of know what's going on where they're able to learn just from players, whereas, like, before – you're kind of installing stuff. Coaches are the only ones that that knows what's going on. The players have no clue. So, right. you know, I think this is a big off season for Tennessee to get a lot better 
not not only offensively but defensively and then when you're able to host recruits and stuff like that it's it's not about well you know this is what we hope to look like this is what we hope we're going to get this season i mean you can sell something now that like hey this is what we look like this is what we want to get better this is what we did last season this is how we're going to improve um so i, I think it is interesting to kind of see how this team improves after a kind of full off season where you've kind of went through it already. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And it's, it's better set off where you don't have to wait because we kind of saw that last season, whereas that progression and questions that you needed to answer got answered through the season and that, you know, had some, some setbacks for us. And so if we can iron out those details and have a little bit more confidence going into you know, that first game of the season, then I feel like we'll be a little bit better set off. Yeah. You kind of know who your gamers are already, know who your playmakers right. are. Whereas last year, like, you had an idea, or maybe you kind of went off last season, but you had so much turnover and stuff, it was hard to see, like, who was going to be a gamer and who wasn't. I mean, Joe Milton, perfect example. You're like, I mean, he has all the intangibles in the world. If you can't hit an open yeah. receiver, you're yeah, you're not any good. Um, and I don't think Hendon Hooker really got to, you know, establish kind of his running ability – in the offseason. You really didn't get to showcase that when you're going against your own team. Right. And that kind of – and that that is important because obviously that the way that you play that scheme is going to depend what you're calling, obviously. And until you see that in a head-to-head matchup <clears throat> outside of, you know, or at least a setting like we did, that you're not – that's not – that's the only way you're going to be able to go forward from that. Yeah. And I really like how Josh Heupel is kind of or in this coaching staff is allowing players of every class to kind of get their opportunity to run in the media. Like last week you had Elijah Herring and Jordan Phillips who were early enrollees, so they've been here for a couple months. And they're already talking with the media, kind of being the face of the program. I mean, yeah. you're already establishing leadership with guys that already have three or four years in your program left um it's not just like seniors talking where I, I feel like that's been a big emphasis on the past and i don't know if nil has a lot to do with that or just you know coaching staffs do they you know they don't want looking at old miss this past week i'm like good job i guess you can't depend on anybody to talk to the media but um, I, I do like how they're kind of establishing that leadership early on and giving guys the opportunity to talk and at least get a face out there where maybe an NIL opportunity is, you know, just around the corner if, you know, they're they're already seeing a face um, within the program. So I really like that. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, I don't know, you guys might have covered it last week as well, but um, obviously with – you know, Nico's commitment and everything. How, how do you see that setting out against, you know, Taven Jackson and how that, like, just in the QB room in terms of, like, how that plays out? Yeah, I mean, I think it – I mean, as Taven Jackson, do you kind of want that? Probably not. I think that's probably in everybody's DNA. Like, you don't want to be looked past. Um, right. And I'm not saying he is. I, I think he's a, a, a great player. Um, you know, a great prospect, and we'll see what comes of it. But I think you kind of want the same problem as what Tennessee's dealing with pitching-wise. Like, 
You want the best guy to play. Right. And is that Taylor Jackson? Is that Nico? I mean, is it somebody that's not even here yet? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I just think getting a guy at that, you know, not, not even comparing him to, to David Jackson. I just think landing a prospect of that caliber this early on, you know, in, in your tenure at Tennessee is unheard of. Right. Especially where our program was at a year ago. Yeah, I think it's it's like it's kind of like last season. I mean, we were touting Joe Milton like nobody's business, you know, all right before the season and even in the beginning of the season. And if if you're a Hendon Hooker, you're sitting there and like if you act on that and you know maybe you know enter the transfer portal or whatever, like whatever you were to do in that same situation, we wouldn't be where we are today. You know, like we ended up with Joe Milton, who's not maybe the fit that we're looking for, and Hendon Hooker's gone. We don't have. So, I mean, I agree, obviously. I don't think anything should be acted on it, but Taven Jackson, again, probably isn't in love with that, but I think it's right where it's – it's it can't it can't just be about one player, obviously. Like, you can't have just that single mindset that Nico's going to be able to come in and just take over the program and, you know, first day on campus, he's going to be able to lead the entire team, which that's obviously the idea, but mm-hmm. you can't make yeah, it. I mean, you, you just can't – like, as a, a quarterback, which is the most – important position in all of sports and we can debate that if you if somebody wants to but in reality that's that's what it is um if you have the attitude of like oh i don't like that i'm leaving then like you probably weren't going to be that successful here anyway no i agree because i think spencer rattler is exactly that so that's why he hasn't been super successful yeah um so, yeah, the, I mean, it, it's all about attitude. And Taven Jackson has a good head on his shoulders. I mean, and, and he's a good athlete. He comes from a, a family of athletes. His his brother is a star player at Indiana basketball. Um, so, I, I, and he has a, he's a year up on Nico. Like, he's learning this whole system. Like, that, that's how you got to look at it. Hey, I have a year up on this kid, and he's not taking my spot. Right. I mean, yeah, you can't just take it and just be like, just because he obviously like is an insanely high touted recruit, you can't you can't go off that because also it, it you know, we saw it with Harrison Bailey. Obviously, if, if if he gets in the program and things trend the way they are, and you as Taven Jackson feel like you're not at that point either getting the playing time that would benefit you the most, or don't see it don't see it in your future, in your you know four years here then that, that's okay at that point maybe where I could see him like looking at other options. Because you're right, if you have talent that's just being wasted and you could be showing off at other schools, especially with NIL deals and everything now, I mean, if that's, if that's the best way, so be it. But you can't go off the, the idea that Nico's going to be able to come in and own everything, especially when he's not even here yet, you know. But you can offer it to him like, hey, our quarterback is leaving after this year. You have – an opportunity if any of you to start as a true freshman. And that's true. Right. Like there's not a solidified starter when once Hennon Hooker's left. I mean, no offense to David Jackson or anybody else in that roster, but that's that's facts. Right. And I and I'll say this. I went to that spring game last year. Hennon Hooker was the third best quarterback. Cause Joe Milton wasn't here yet. So it was Harrison Bailey, Brian Maurer, and Hennon Hooker was third. He looked like the worst of the three in that spring game. And he was he was the best quarterback on the roster. I mean, that's 
I don't know if it, like I, I guess you can attribute that to attitude or you know maybe it wasn't full tilt so you didn't get to see the you know when the bullets are flying like who's your guy but uh but yeah I mean what a what a change of direction that he went just in my eyes and I'm sure a lot of people that were at that same spring game thought the same thing yeah that's why I just I I feel like it's best if we just don't I mean yeah same thing that happened with Adam Hooker. I don't think any of us were set on him by any means. Joe Milton was the guy. We were running fully forward with that. We had nicknames and everything. And based once the season starts, everything can change. So, yeah, we still had nicknames know. though. <laughs> they just weren't yeah. good ones. <laughs> yeah, maybe that maybe that was our fault. Yeah. Um, so Keith asked about Carnell Tate. I mean, I think having a, pro, a high caliber quarterback like Nico, I think that only attracts you know, playmakers on offense like a Carnell Tate. Um, you know, he, he's teammates with Devin Hyatt at IMG. So, you know, I'm sure Jalen Hyatt is, you know, saying all the good things. And I think this is a huge year for Jalen Hyatt, you know, kind of going off that Carnell Tate a little bit. This is a huge year for Jalen Hyatt to have a good year because I think him having a good year in this offense only helps you recruit Devin Hyatt which if they have a relationship, I think it helps you with Carnell Tate. I think it helps you keep a guy like Nico in the boat. Right. And so, I mean, Tennessee probably has as good of a chance as landing Carnell Tate as anybody with Tennessee's the cool school right now. I mean, we've seen it, you know, go from school to school, like be just different. You know, it's been Clemson. It's been Oklahoma. It's been Alabama, Georgia. I mean – Texas A&M this past cycle, I mean, that was the cool school to go to. They're giving out money. Hey, let's go there. I mean, maybe Tennessee's giving out money, but it, it seems like right now Tennessee is is one of those cool schools to attend right now. Whether that's yeah. money, the offense, um, you know, just the college town, the, the fan, the atmosphere in general, I think it, it's a combination of kind of all that stuff. But it seems like Tennessee's got some momentum right now. Um within this football program. Yeah, no, certainly, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, Nico's a huge, huge get. And with that, like you said, comes touted prospects at the wide receiver level and guys that are going to want him to be thrown to him. So uh, I, I feel good about that spot. Obviously, we have some other areas and positions to tweak and focus on and, and build off of. But you're right. I think I think we need to capitalize off, obviously, the idea that, you know, it's the cool school to come to. We obviously saw that a couple cycles ago and. That was like the wave was, you know, everyone was starting to go in Tennessee. And obviously that didn't play out how we expected it to at all. But if we can build off of this one correctly and not make it as much about hype as it is just raw talent and connections that people have tonight, I feel pretty solid about what our chances stand. Yeah. Yeah, I think Tennessee should be, you know, last year I think they were competitive with everybody. But I think this year it's more like, Hey, let's take care of business, the people we we're going to take care of business with, and then, you know, continue to be competitive in games like Georgia, Alabama. And then everybody else, like, there's not one team other than those two that I'm like, ah, oh, man, I don't know if we beat them. That's what I'm you saying. Be, like, I mean, you should beat Florida. You should beat LSU. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing my thing where I'm like, you know, spring's coming around. I'm thinking, oh, we're running it all. We're going to win the SEC East. We're going to win, like, whatever. But – I don't – you're right. I don't 
other than those two, I don't see that there's like I don't have anything that stops me from feeling like a decent amount of confidence that we'll go into those games and take care of business. Yeah, I mean that could change. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, as of right now, I I, I do like her chances. Um, now you're gonna have to, like you said earlier, you're gonna have to fix some things on the defensive side for sure. But uh, you know, I think a, another off season only helps that getting guys healthy. Now, you know, we kind of discussed it on Thursday. You know, you have so many guys out at cornerback right now that I don't know if you get a clear cut answer on what that position or even the defensive backfield as a whole looks like going into fall, but um. You know, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. You know, I think losing Theo Jackson and Alante Taylor was, you know, that hurt. And then, I don't know, just the the bad taste in my mouth from that Purdue game just makes me a little bit skeptical with the defensive backs. Yeah. No, I certainly like you, agree. You got some guys cross-training. Um and I think Christian Charles, if he's going to practice at corner, you know, come fall when everybody's back, is he still going to be at corner? Did he just waste his time when he could be, you know, taking somebody's spot and making the safeties better? Yeah. Then he gets slaughtered the same way. You know, could he be your star position, but you're having to play him at corner because you don't have anybody else. Right. Well, I feel like it's, it's, it's a struggle all around, but if you look at, like, you look at that Purdue game, for example, and – I guess I guess you can do this with any game, but like if you play that differently defensively, or you you've got better talent there, that game is a on some. If you can stop some certain plays from happening, that game's a blowout. Like that, oh, yeah. we took care of everything we need to on the offensive end. And you can say the same for Purdue, who you know they're good offensively. They were in a good spot, but I don't think that's anything that we, if had you know more talent defense, couldn't have gone in there and won by three or so touchdowns. I mean, so. It's tricky to sell right now, obviously, like you said, but once we get the dice rolling on that side, I think it's good to build off of it. But that's definitely the area of focus. Yeah. And we'll see, like, I think spring practice just kind of maybe highlights what you need to get in the portal before fall. And, and so hopefully they're able to land. You know, Brew McCoy was on his official visit this weekend, so we'll see kind of, you know, I know he's – enrolled at Tennessee already. So we'll, we'll we'll see if an official announcement comes out about that or if he just removes his name from classes. I I, I don't know. But, um, you know, I'm sure they knocked it out of the park with him this weekend. So And I think he's just an added bonus to get on offense because I think you lose some production or you do lose production. Bayless Jones and Javante Payton. Um, so he is a 6'3", 215-pound receiver that can – play on the outside, former five-star. And I think, you know, Landon Nico probably helps that too. You know, Nico's from Long Beach. He's at USC. He's probably he, – he's definitely heard of the kid. Um, yeah. So, he's like, you know, who's going to be my quarterback after Hendon Hooker's gone? And they're like, oh, it could be Taven Jackson or it could be Nico that you already know um, right. from that same area uh, of California. So, Yeah. I'm interested to see what happens. Um, I think linebacker is another position group I'd like to see improve a lot. Can Juwan Mitchell give Tennessee something? Can can a freshman do something? 
Elijah Herring. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see with – man, I, I forget who the, – there's a linebacker from Kentucky. I'm blanking on his name right now. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what kind of freshmen can maybe push for some playing time. I know William Mohan is not – I think he's limited – through spring practice, so I don't think that necessarily helps his case very much. Um, but yeah, we'll see kind of who can push there because, yeah, I think Banks can eat up some tackles, but I think he's a liability in, in coverage. Um, and Aaron Beasley, I just think he's too small to play linebacker in the SEC. Yeah. You know, either he's got to get a lot bigger or you got to find somebody else that can – help you a little bit in pass coverage and, you know, not, you know, when a offensive lineman's on him, he's not getting pushed 15 yards back. I agree with that. So. Uh, man, that's kind of all I got for spring practice. I, I'm excited. I'm. It, it's good to be a Tennessee fan right now. I know basketball yes. didn't end on the way we wanted it to, but it was still a good season. You did something that you haven't done in 40-plus years. Um. So yeah, it's it's good to wear orange. I don't I don't feel ashamed. You're right. No, it's small steps. Yep. Can't take too much at once. SEC championship, yeah. you know. Gotta yep. take the small victories. Focus on them when we have them. Right. Hanging banners. Um, Keith asks any word on Eric Gray making a return? I know that's a rumor out there. I just I I, I don't I wouldn't get it. Um, when I welcome him with open arms, absolutely. But I, I think the biggest thing last year is you needed a bigger back because you had Jalen Wright, you had Jabari Small, who were kind of not necessarily, you know, third down backs or scat backs or whatever you like to call them. But um, he just – Eric Gray doesn't fit what Tennessee needs at running back. They needed Justin Williams to be – they need yeah. a um, gosh kid from Georgia, uh, twenty-seven. God, I can't even think of his name. Uh, can you help me? Uh, Wait, on like on Tennessee's current oh. roster. Oh, um, yeah. I, I'm I'm just I'm just saying like they need those guys to step like bigger backs to step up in a, in a big way. Um, Cause I think that's, you know, again, looking back at that last play against Purdue, Tennessee has a bigger back in. He probably doesn't get stopped at the goal line. Kavars Crouch didn't get stopped at the goal line. <laughs> um, 27. I cannot think of what his name is. It is Lenith Whitehead. Sorry. Right, Lenith. I could not. I could not I was think of what you were saying. I guess I should have just gone through the entire running back room. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, they need a 6'2", 220. I mean, Lenith Whitehead is about the same size as our starting linebacker, Aaron Beasley. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand why Eric Gray is unhappy. I mean, he bolted when he would have had a great role here. You know, I, I think that goes into, the, like, the – Grass isn't greener, always greener on the other side. Um, yeah. So if you transfer, you are you need to be dead set on why I'm transferring and why this school I'm transferring to is a lot better than the school I just came from. And, you know, Eric Gray didn't 
even give Josh Heupel a chance. And I mean, he had a he had a thousand all-purpose yards the year before in a Jeremy Pruitt offense. How many yards would he had in under Josh Heupel? It would have been insane. Yeah, I guess that's um, going to talk about what maybe you don't know is going on, you know, in the locker room or whatever. But I, I think that's something that we're going to see, you know. Ease. I think it, right now it will be something that's very popular is just transferring before you're you're 100 set and maybe seeing some regret or bouncing around to several schools or something like that. Which I would I would assume cools down once uh, in a couple of years once people see it and realize okay like players aren't going to benefit or succeed really anywhere from just trying out a new school every year and finding the place that fits. Um, yeah, that hasn't ever worked in the history of football. I mean, sometimes you have to give it extra chances and sometimes sometimes one season you know, isn't enough. You don't fit the scheme right or, you know, especially with what we're going through, like you switching, you know, coaches and basically renovating the entire football team. It's it's a complete, you know, recycle and wash. So, you know, you wish you would have seen a little bit more commitment to the team there. But, again, we don't know what happened on some other ends of the room. Right. Right, yeah, like Wani Morris, that was another one that it – didn't work out. Jameer Johnson didn't work out. You know, Henry Toto, Kavaris Crouch, I think they had pretty decent years. I mean, Henry Toto also obviously had a, a good year. Um, but, yeah, not – a lot of those guys didn't have the season they probably would have if they would have stayed at Tennessee and just I agree. stuck it out. So, props to those guys who did stick it out. They didn't have to do that. Um, guys that have been here since Butch Jones last year, I mean, that's insane. Props to those guys. They should, that's commitment. They should hang a banner for – they should retire their uniforms for that. They should. <laughs> um, Richard Richard said we need two defensive ends that can rush the quarterback. I think Byron Young is definitely going to be that guy off the edge. Can Tyler Barron be that guy? If he's not, can he be – because I, I think Tyler Barron was a guy that every time he was in, he was around the football. He was getting after the quarterback or, or doing, you know, he should have had that touchdown against Ole Miss. I just think he was – they could have utilized both of those guys on the field at the same time, but they didn't until I think they, the bowl game is mostly when we saw both of them at the on the field at the same time. So I'm wondering kind of how that works out this season. But James Pierce, Joshua Josephs, those are two guys that, you know, they'll get here in the fall. And those are two guys that Tennessee's really excited about, I mean, they're true freshmen playing the SEC. I don't know if you can expect a ton, but I think they're guys that already have that size that you're looking for. And, uh, you know, there's not a better defensive line coach than Ronnie Garner. So, yeah, I agree. Um, not much you can do in regards to experienced veteran players unless you're going to look into the transfer portal. So, I mean, you got to start somewhere. Hopefully, we can put together the building blocks. And, like you said, Ronnie Garner's definitely – I mean, I, I'll trust it. Yep. Yeah, he's, three he's, guys are kind of looking at the portal right now. Um, Steen from Vanderbilt, who's a offensive tackle. You got Quincy Riley from MTSU. He's a defensive back. Um, and then Bruce McCoy from USC. Um, let's go – let's go mo- – let's – Kind of wrap this up a little bit. That's kind of all I got. Do you have anything else for football, spring practice, anything like that? No, not necessarily. Okay. Let's get to it. Um, any most importance? Yeah, Victor Bailey's transferring. 
Or, well, okay, he's entering the transfer portal. Which, yeah. I don't, I don't, uh, it, I just, I mean, as you can tell, I mean, obviously, two, I guess, two years ago now? I don't know which year that would have been, but obviously his production went down quite a bit. I don't think he fit into the way that our team started playing as much. Um, but, you know, loved him while he was here. Hope he can figure out somewhere to seal off. and Because like, he's a good player. I'm not, I mean, obviously he has great abilities. And like I said, maybe not fit into what we are building around right now. But I think there's definitely some teams that he can fit into and make a big difference. Yeah, he's super athletic, but just couldn't find a role really on this team. Um, didn't shoot it well enough to, you know, be in the game at times and, and kind of if, – if you can't get it done defensively, you're not going to play. You know, Barnes yeah. has made that very clear to Justin Powell and Victor Bailey that, hey, if you can't play defense, you're not going to play at all. I don't care how good you can shoot. Um, so, yeah, it was hard for both of them to find a role. He's a grad transfer, so he can leave um, and, you know, tra- and be – immediately eligible elsewhere. So not only it's a big loss, um, you know, I, th- I think he liked being here, but, you know, I, yeah. I think he, I don't think it was anything like he didn't mesh with the, the team or anything like that. I, I think it was just like, I'm looking to play. Yeah. So I agree, which again, I guess it's not, I mean, he, he was getting passed up sometimes by May Shack and, yeah. um, you know, Justin Powell, obviously. So those guys are younger than him. There there wasn't going to be – I don't think he'd start next year either. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, My most important is the Campbell Camels beat Presbyterian hmm. today – 36 to 4. Jesus. I don't care who you're playing. If you're able to drop 36, that's fantastic. And they're the Camels. That's such a cool mascot. I don't, it's so weird. They are, they got that weird orange camel look, but you know what? I like it. I do like it. Yeah. It's really cool. When you're getting beat 36 to 5 by a team called the Camels, that's pretty sorry. It's almost as bad as getting beat by a team called the Peacocks three like three rounds in a row, but or just the first round. Yeah, that's that's the <laughs> one I'm more focused on. <laughs> if we had that um, one. Any more most importance? Not any more most importance. He fails. Um, oh yeah. Um, this is like almost a trending, but it's a fail on the, the, the one party's part. So. You know, Florida man, that's obviously a lot of Florida headlines and stuff, but Florida kids, vicious. But there's a teacher who was, like, viciously attacked and, like, hospitalized because of a interaction with a student. I want you to guess how old this kid was. How old? Five. Seven. Five. She was taken to the hospital? Oh, yeah. And she was, like... And she's good now, so, like, I'm not, like, going to laugh about, like, someone, like, you know, bad medical. But, I mean, come on. I don't – I don't – I want to see the tapes because I don't know how badly you can get beat up by a five-year-old. But that kid's a menace. 
that kid is a menace. That's so he needs to be like on watch for. I guess there was some inner like some problem with the kids, and she took the kid to a separate room, like as like a cool down room, and he just let loose on her, started wailing on her. He like knocked her over, and she like had a concussion. And like when the police got there, she was like responsive, but like they would ask her to like squeeze her hand or like hand her something, and like she couldn't do it. Like she was just kind of like out of it. Good so, lord. I mean, oof, bad look. I don't know really. I guess at some point that becomes kind of a funny story if you're the teacher, like a couple of years down the line, but I don't know how you hold the fact that you have a five-year-old. Yeah, that kid needs to be behind bars. Good God. Yeah. What do you even do about that? I mean, yeah. He's got some, for sure. God, I hate to see what he looks like when he's in high school. Jesus. I know. <sighs> I don't He'll probably go to the University of Florida for me. Probably. <laughs> um, I don't have any fails really. People were kind of good this week. It's weird. <laughs> it's a unnatural setting for humans to be. So on I did go by them. South Carolina and see their stadium and that giant cog that's outside. And dude, that looks so stupid. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I'll let that speak for itself, that statement. But, um, but yeah, I don't disagree with that. I've got another one that I don't know where the story went. Pretty much, so I think it was Norwegian cruise lines, but do you know those slides that, like, the drop ones, like, where you stand and then the floor drops and you, like, go around or whatever? Yeah. Well, it, like, this one, like, suspends off the edge of a cruise ship, and she got to the top and didn't quite make it around, so she, like, funneled back down, which – I think I've seen that before, like even like in person, but they normally have like a collection spot where they can just open a latch and you can get out. But she got stuck in the part that was like suspended 50 to 60 feet over the ocean. She was stuck in there for 14 hours and it's in like Mexico. So the sun of like the sun was just beaten through like the clear glass and she got like burns all over her body. I mean, 14 hours inside there. I have a picture of it. You oh, kinda see, my like, God. Stuck over the the edge. I would be terrified. Like, I feel like at first it'd be kind of like, oh, ah, funny. And then, like, you got to realize. How did they end up getting her out? I I don't know. I guess that they just probably got some, like, it looks like they're close to land. So, I I guess they probably ported and had, like, emergency crews coming. But, oof. Not a fun uh, cruise ship experience. That's why I will not be going on. I already, I just booked one, so really? I'm not. I don't do the slides, though, so I think we're good. No, I'm not doing those slides. Yeah, but not a fun time. Yeah. Well, anything else? Nope. I'm good. Man, it's been it's been fun. Yeah. Got the brooms out today. Did a little spring cleaning, and um, talked some football for a while. It was a good day. Great day. Yeah. It's a good weekend into start the next week. Strong. Yeah. For sure. Some more baseball. Win some more games. Yep. So uh, Tennessee will be back Wednesday against Western Carolina at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Hashtag Williamsport. Yep. Per Mike Rooney. Um, yeah. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow for the bat flip going in a little bit more depth. Um, into these games this past weekend against Ole Miss with me and Dylan Taylor, um, Caleb. 
Joe, you're welcome to come on there too if you want. I, I know you've got a ton of stuff going on, so if you want to, you're more than welcome. But uh, guys, that's all we got. Appreciate y'all listening. We bring the boat in, and we're out.